0: It rains diamonds, okay? Mm-hmm. You get your diamonds, That's that already pays for the cost of the trip. But, but then they're not worth anything because now they're just raining from yeah, the sky. infinite of them. You know what I mean? Do you value the rain? We got well, no, but problem. I mean you can use them for other things, you know, <laughs> uh, making sandpaper and stuff uh. like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 195 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm still discombobulated after daylight savings time. I'm Sam and I'm so sore you could call me an eagle. And the, ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is Marble Flippy, a 20 grind before we get started, we have a warning. Profanity, it's going to be in there. It's going to be just kind of peppered throughout everything we say. The spice basically. It's the spice of life. It's the spice of grammar. Uh, also, we'd like to thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. If you'd like to support the podcast, get over there. Go to moneygrab.bscotch.net and we'll grab your money. Let's talk about life. Liberty let's, and let's, the pursuit of games. Let's talk about specifically daybeds. Yes, let's so, talk about this. It's important note. I got a day bed. Same got a day bed. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is this? What's what is this? This yeah, it's a it's an interesting concept. Um, also just one of my favorite sort of word combos because you're like is this it, actually does oxymoron. not it doesn't tell me any more about the bed, uh, really or about the situation. Uh-huh. Actually, that's true. Things like because other oxymorons like jumbo shrimp. Tell you, like, it's a, it's big, a big fucking trip. trip. That makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, day bed. If I were to what? guess, yeah. based on the name, I would say it's a bed that you would only consider using in the in the day because I mean, of something uh-huh. about it. It's probably intentionally less comfortable than a regular it's gonna bed. It's going to be less comfortable and maybe too small. That's about right. Okay. About <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, my wife and I had, a, had this futon thing that we had gotten- uh, from world market that had like you you could pull down – sort of like slid down like a transformer the arms of it and then the mattress that was on it that was previously bending all over the place. Yeah. Flattened down over those arms and you had like a real shitty twin bed situation mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, we got one of those. And the problem was that it was just real shitty. Yep. And it's also a real shitty couch. True, it, yeah. that one turned out to be yeah. So it was doing neither of its jobs particularly well. So it's mm-hmm. sort of it's a multitasking piece of it's furniture. Exactly like, what it I'm going to do a real shit job of being in mm-hmm. all things. But when we looked at it in the store, we were like, this is going to do both jobs effectively. And then, of course, you know, of course, it did not. It did not. Well, and it does it effectively as long as your definition of that is that it just becomes those two things. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. So, it well, yeah, I wasn't delivering a quality experience yeah. on either realm. Because yeah, we, we have our we have a futon up on our in the. So we don't really have a guest room in our house. So we just have like a place where a guest could be, you know. Uh, so we got a futon there for that purpose. And it's like you – so you, you unfold it. Guest, it's like a Schrodinger's guest room. Yeah, exactly. Room. But So you unfold it and then – and it's like – it's smaller than any bed size I'm aware of even. You know, it's like a tiny little thing. But then the the middle of it – because it folds in half, you know, mm-hmm. right? Like hot dog-wise. And so the middle oh. of it is just like a fucking trench. And so – but it's not wide enough that like you could just like sleep on one side you would need you to sleep in the, in the trench. So there's just that like That kind of in there. sounds cozy though. It's not enough because it's more of hot a, dog. it's more of a a little trench was too uh too grandiose of a word. Oh. It's more of like a, 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 did a did little it? cut. It's like just a, a little cut <laughs> right <down the> <laughs> So of you're, like you're just going to be stuck maybe Yeah, so it's kind of like kind of like your spinal cord would then just be like getting sucked into a hole a little Ooh. bit, you know. That's not a good sleep situation. Yeah. Yeah, so we uh we got tired of this thing. And also realized we hadn't really been even using that room because despite the fact that that's the only room that we have that has a TV in it where we go watch shows and stuff, we frequently would just be like, "Ah, oh, let's just go watch this on a they would laptop. Have to, they don't have to sit on that thing. Yeah, exactly. And so – and it was like hurting our backs because it's just a terrible <laughs> situation. So <laughs> finally we were like, we're done with this. And I um, had this brainstorming session. Like what are we going to do now if we're going to get rid of this thing? What – you know, what's the replacement? And so we got a daybed. So the idea is – it's I feel like this is just an extension of the original the concept. Yeah, because you're like, this is we got a couch that can't be a couch or a bed. No, well, so here's get... here's the key difference because <laughs> this the the day bed uh-huh. done correctly is both an effective couch because it's a bed with a back on it. That's essentially it, right? So it's so a so couch. It's basically well, it's a couch with a mattress in it It's okay. just sitting there. So it's like a real, it's big like a couch. full mat- Yeah, it's like a full mattress. It's like a real deep couch. Okay, <laughs> that's maybe another word for it day bed. you got a deep couch. you got a deep couch. Yeah. And so now, as a now, result- deep couch sounds super comfy. Exactly. A day bed, I'm still, you know, not certain Deep couch, day, it's like a tomato-tomato sort of yeah, situation, you know? Uh, but yeah, so we got um, it put in, and then yesterday we watched a movie on this thing, and it was heavenly. Was it luxurious? It was so luxurious, because you can, of course, I assume, it's a deep couch, so you can, like, you can sit all the way at the back, and like mm-hmm. you can sit cross-legged I assume you had thing. a tray- we the, did not this oh, time. We didn't, well, no, we didn't have snacks. Fuck that up <laughs> this was again. like this is this is too late in the night. So you were sure. doing a small batch sort of prototype uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Like, so let's next not, time, mix up some popcorn. Yeah. Bring up a tray because mm-hmm. we'll actually have room yeah, on this thing. Just we just have, put a tray on. We can it. put our dog in there. You can put a tray full of snacks on there. You can put a tray with a dog in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's so another on the good dog. use of trays? Carrying dogs around. Yep. It's interesting how many problems we have to solve based on our desire to be two feet off the ground. You know, because like basically We're what you're down. saying is basically what you're saying is like I wanted to be laying down essentially on like a large comfortable uh-huh. surface while watching TV. Problem is the TV. That's a, that's a couple feet up. Now you got to be a couple feet. up. Yep. <laughs> so now you got this whole new set of we problems. We don't have enough ceiling TVs where you just lay down and watch it. Yeah. That, I think that's literally probably the only comfortable way to watch TV would be. But I feel down. like there's too much terror of it just. Oh, yeah. Coming yeah, I mean, out and smashing your face I mean, off. yeah. So there is that. I mean, yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, also you know, we have, <laughs> that we have, adds to the thrill. We have we have twenty pound fans hanging from the ceiling, and we just walk under those all that's day. It's true. But there's something about uh, you know a motorized object with a spinning blade that's just comforting. <laughs> <Yeah, I mean, laughs> it's far more it. calming. Yeah, than, uh, than you, you, that, we sleep than with those over our head, which is yeah a little weird, kind of wild. Yeah, I sometimes I sometimes reflect on that. Mm. My wife is very tall, so. She always – whenever – if she's changing or something, she always has to like make sure she keeps her head uh-huh. down and her elbows down <laughs> so she doesn't – Get caught in the get fan. Get caught in the fan. Uh-huh. It's not a concern that us us uh, mortals have. I remember but, I had that know. once in uh, – I think it was in high school. Somewhere. I was just trying to put on a long-sleeve shirt and like got caught. And so I went straight up and just like – just my hand just got eaten by the fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then my hand just hurt for the rest of the day yep. it got hit like 40 times. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I have seen some of my favorite videos on YouTube our videos where people oh, yeah. for some reason believe that they can like put something above the fan and then like jump up. I've seen people do this where like, they try to jump up in between the blades and like catch the thing and That's with not their a mouth. Thing. What? Yeah. I'm like, gr- like, is this one of those pod situations? I don't know. I don't think it was ever a fad. Okay. I think it's just something that a, a bunch of idiots. But I did. think if it happened more than <laughs> once, it must have been a fad because who, well, it's what because like, two people would? Yeah. Have what, what you that see idea. is somebody will, will hang something from the ceiling over the fan, and then they will get on a chair or something, and they'll stand with their face like right below the fan <laughs> blades, and then they'll try to jump up and like catch the thing in their mouth, and then come back down. They try to get their head up there. Their head. I think okay. that's the thing. Because there's, their space, head. because there's space between the blades, you know a human is going to put their head there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just going to happen. They're going to see it. They're going to be yeah. like, I could. do it. And that. it's, well, of course, what happened But is, it's incredibly – because like your your head only already barely fits in between the blades. Yes. You know, which yeah. means that if if they were barely moving at all, it still wouldn't work. So what you really have to do here is really not understand gravity. Yeah, or but, anything. Or how or, fast you are. you got to yeah. be real confident with yeah. your speed. Yeah, because <laughs> the, the assumption is yeah. that somehow you can go up. And come back down faster than than a fan blade moves, like three inches. <laughs> Which I don't think. Yeah. So that what, of course, happens is you get hit in the, face. The, the They just get smashed in the head by this fan blade mm-hmm. and it breaks the blade off the fan, and then the fan starts whipping around because now it's uneven. <laughs> and then right. the person flips off the chair. Maybe maybe gone. the light breaks or something. I think my is, it's just the fact that this thing is going so fast that you actually you can't, can't see it anymore. It. So this and person so, is standing there trying to time it. Well, no, but I think I think this is also part of the part of the reason why we just have them over our beds and don't worry about it because for some reason the danger kind of feels like it dissipates as it goes faster because you're like I can't. Well, because it disappears. You yeah, know? it's like a helicopter. I can't see yeah. it. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, and then you see those videos where like someone like my favorite fail video is this person who like leans over a balcony to yell at some people and in like a, inside of a house and then this fan just like yep. <laughs> just whacks her in the face. I know that video. <laughs> I remember that one. That's a good one. Man, that's one of those yeah. – that's one of those karma – she was so you're, confident. You're right yeah. about to yell at someone. Yeah, she's like swagging after him and she screams at him and it's immediately like – <laughs> it, so yeah. it was. The universe about, says no. It was yeah. all about her swagger when she yep. walked into it. Yeah. So funny. That's why it's important to always maintain a neutral amount of swagger so yeah. that the universe doesn't – try to knock you down. Mm. Try to knock you down or up. You, know, you got to stay, keep it even. Mm-hmm. Uh Okay. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about GDC. So, actually, we're recording this. If you were paying attention to our dates, you'll notice that we're recording this on a Friday, mm-hmm. the Friday before GDC. So it'll be seven thirty-three days before this episode comes out. <laughs> my math is right. It's mm-hmm. not though. Uh, <laughs> but if it is, if it is, then would it be, would be that thirty. Days. Days. That's true. Uh, so let's talk about GDC. What are what are our goals? What are our dreams? Why Where are we going? Why are we even going? We're going mostly for business meetings. We're going yeah. for business. And that's always been true, but this year it's true in particular. It's even because we actually have a product. There's that. That helps. Yeah, <laughs> yes yeah, we don't have this this, you know, already out game, it's been out for two years. Yeah. To talk so our in our previous GDCs we've had scenarios like we launched Flop Rocket uh the Thursday leading up to GDC. So Flop Rocket was live on the mm-hmm. App Store during GDC. So of course we're not there to promote it cuz it's already out. Yep. Then we then uh, we launched Crashlands in January. in January and then we went to GDC and once again it's already out. Yep. So, you know, that's what fine. it is now. Mm-hmm. And then it's been 3 years and we just had Crashlands going. Last year we went and we had a, an 11 week old baby prototype of Levelhead Mm -hmm. that we were showing and actually Mm -hmm. that got a good response. It did. Um, So last year was kind of the first time that we've gone to GDC with an active thing in development that was like getting a good response and we were showcasing it to platforms and stuff. So it's this year. This year it's, but we know we got the, the early access steam launch coming up uh, in April. And so we're trying to, we're both, we're talking to steam. We're talking to literally all of our platform holders just to, show them the game, show them how it actually works. Because a a big part of it uh, from a platform holder standpoint is that they want to, of course, know the thing is good. So ideally you can just go give it to them to play for a little bit. So we have more meetings than ever before on that. And then um, also our PR team has been pounding the pavement. So we have a bunch of PR meetings as well with press to show them the game. And so there's, there's just a lot more going on this year than has ever been going on before. And for some reason, it's all on Wednesday. It's all know. on Wednesday. It's like Wednesday is the October of the week, I guess, yeah. where suddenly just like it's a gravity well. All the events are happening. So from like I think it's 10 a.m. until like 5 p.m. on Wednesday, there are multiple overlapping meetings. Yeah. So we have to kind of – we have to kind of divide be, and conquer and it's going to be something. It's going to be a thing. Which so. is good. I mean it's good. To, it's good to have that versus – Last year, I think last year we had a few meetings, which was great, mm-hmm. but then a lot of the time we were just kind of like lo- yeah. trying to find people to meet with and, yeah. and yeah, more just than just catching up with people we hadn't seen for a year yeah. and yeah. all that good stuff. Yeah. It was much more relaxed last year. So yeah. it would be a little more, uh, a mm-hmm. little more go go this year than, than previous years, but, um, and also we are really not, we, we used to get uh, the passes to go see talks mm-hmm. and we're not really doing that this time around. No, yeah. So part of that was just to, recognize that as our needs have shifted from going to like the talks to try to network with people and that sort of thing to actually having the network built we, that's sort of what we're working on now is just sort of deepening those relationships with people so we, we do have a lot of meetings with just friends or or uh sort of interesting dev buddies and stuff like that to talk to but for the most part it's just this business stuff um, and of course hardcore partying yeah absolutely <laughs> but no so that's one of those interesting things i mean uh, for for Let's game developers, yeah, for game developers going to GDC, there's there's these these evening parties that people go to, and they go till about two o'clock in the morning. A lot of them they'll start at like nine or ten. Yeah, which of course, if you're coming from anywhere in the United States, you're going that isn't the west Coast. west, yeah. which means you're extra tired when you arrive, and then these things start late also. So eleven p.m. there on like Monday night, for example, is going to be one a.m. here, uh, which is rough on the bod especially when you're interacting with all these people, you're shaking hands. This is how, this is how the plague starts. Yeah. Now, yeah. All these people get sick. Yeah. Including that, us usually. Yeah. Just cause that's how like, it goes. Yeah. We, we typically, I was, that was, uh, I was being sarcastic when I said that we're going to rages. We actually go to bed at like nine 30 PM yeah. when we're at GDC, uh, just cause you it's know, a lot, it's, it's a, a lot. And, and honestly, it's, it's going through this, this four day business conference, which is how we view it. Mm-hmm. Um, while hungover, sick, and sleep deprived. Uh, Why? Why would you do this? And then, and then of course coming back, then you would lose the next like four or five days to recover and be sick some more. Um, Yes. We, we don't really, we don't tend to go to the evening parties. Um, There's usually one or two that we'll go pop into, but we don't stay for the first 30 minutes of the first hour. basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of it's just like, well, you know, we might see some, some friends and stuff there, but this is sort of the nice thing about, Knowing who we want to talk to and sort of who our, our people are a little bit more at this point is that we don't necessarily have to go do some of those things for networking purposes. We can just send an email and be like, hey, you want to get coffee or something instead of going to a – And even so, I'm thing not thing. really sure that those were ever good for that.
1: That's, yeah, was, that's kind of the argument that people make. I don't
0: recall meeting anyone who we're now in contact with at a party. At a party. Yeah. Be, yeah no. Except for – no, I guess the, the Rack 7 team we met at – but that was at a party. That was an awards party. Set, right? Yeah. We were both up for Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's different. It's probably know. different. I don't way. know. So yeah, we're going to be there. Uh, so this episode will come out sort of while we're at in the midst of all this. Specifically, mm-hmm. it'll come out on our intense Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so we'll be intense day. We'll be probably checking in on the discord and stuff while we're there. Oh, definitely. But um, we'll be looking in there. This is when we're actually active on Twitter and social media things. Yeah. So but people listening to the podcast will only find out about that at the end by the time we're mostly done. So. <laughs> yeah, we're leaving and on Thursday know. morning actually, oh. which is also the earliest we've left. So hopefully some of you were there on Monday, two two days ago as you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our little Man, we're just like together. we're we're weaving through the folds of time yeah. with yeah. this episode. It's freaky. Um, all right, so other stuff we want to quickly hit uh, before we get on to industry news. The we have a clearance sale. Yes. In our merch store. So we looked through we looked through our merch store. Sampada went through everything that we have with our merch. She made a dope spreadsheet. She made this giant spreadsheet, cataloged everything, and was like, we got to burn this thing down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, specifically, so most of our merch is Crashlands focused. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get the merch store up and running until something like a year and a half after Crashlands came out. So – so the game is still doing fine, but the hype isn't there. It's right? deep in the tail. Yeah. And so uh, people just aren't really seeking out merch. And, and on top of that, so much of our audience is international. And our international shipping is like 50 bucks or something it's crazy. It's do a billion dollars. Well, we, so, we don't have warehouses in Europe at all because yeah. we're a tiny <laughs> shops. So. Yeah. So we, we've just got – it's been hard to move the inventory. Mm-hmm. Um and on top of that, our office just has piles of boxes everywhere full Not of stuff. Too many, but there's just there's enough. It's, that it's enough just, that it's annoying. <laughs> get these out here. So yeah, we we chatted about it and we're like we used to do this thing where we would do these limited runs, which some of our very early fans from like quadrupus days, I guess, probably yeah. so the first time we did it. will might remember like the first time we sold the the OG butterscotch teas, which are ones that just say butterscotch shenanigans on them. Um we figured out how to do some like time gated thing and then and then people just sort of submit their order and no one gets charged until the very end of it. It's we, almost like a Kickstarter. Yeah, kind of like that yeah. sort of thing. So I think the first one we ever did we actually sold like I think it was fifty seven T shirts or something like that, if I recall. Which is more shirts than we've sold through the merch store. Is it I don't even know. Probably. So, so, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we we were like, okay, that's I mean if that's a lower it's a lower cost to us because we don't have to hold this inventory. Um and also it lets us do it in a more kind of a more fun way where they're almost more event based and stuff. So we're gonna probably be pivoting back toward that sort of a model we will still have merch stuff but it'll be a you know, very different form as far as how you yeah we're it. gonna come up with a cool shirt or something and, and then we'll just, be like this yeah, is can, the shirt now for the next two weeks yeah which also makes it more valuable i think to like just be active in the community because you're gonna see these things more yeah. so if you you know we're, they'll be announced through the discord and stuff like that um yeah so we got these these clearance sale going on like everything in our store is slashed in price, pretty much yep. down to the bone. Some things we're actually just losing money on because mm-hmm. we're like, we just gotta get it. We this. already we already <laughs> were, right So <laughs> we're like, let's just we we need to like get some of our money back. Um, so yeah, I mean, just, just I think that is the important there. thing about merch, which is that the overhead costs are high. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to store it and manage you it. You got to store it, and then of course you're paying fees for any services you are using to like Shopify or whatever to to sell stuff through. And so if you if you're not moving a lot of merch then you're always acting you don't really make up yeah Yeah. and we kind of looked at it earlier as sort of uh we weren't expecting to make a profit on the merch store it was more of a fan service thing where Mm -hmm. it's like people may be into this kind of stuff and they want to you know show their butterscotch pride or whatever and so so we made those things available but yeah it's just it's it's just over the time it's just been a little bit too much so yep we'll be switching to limited runs for now, get over to net and get your get your stuff because mm-hmm. it's all – we're not refilling it. Nope. We're going to shut it down. We're yeah. going to shut it down. Um, otherwise – We should say that we're already out of larges on pretty much every shirt, I believe, and very low in numbers on some of the other ones. Yeah. We did announce this in the Discord a few days ago. Yeah. So, but, so, yeah, so things so, have already shipped. Things are already moving and we want to get rid of all of it. So please get in there and uh, just, just take that off our hands. Yeah. I think yeah. we do have uh, – we do have mediums and extra larges, so if you were an if you were a large, you can shrink or grow appropriately mm-hmm. to kind yeah. of match Let whatever sure. whatever inventory mm-hmm. we've got left. Yep. Um, and then the last bit of studio news is, of course, Shenanicon. Which is our convention? It's happening in September. You can get tickets for that over at meet.bscotch.net. That is a limited capacity thing, so very limited, uh, very limited. So if you want to come uh, meet us and hang out and see a live podcast episode and and that kind of thing, it'll be on a uh, Saturday in September. So go to meet.bscotch.net to get your tickets. It'll be a Saturday afternoon, and then afterwards in the evening, presumably we'll all meet up we'll somewhere go and do some yeah. do some. Food or bars or, or something. Something. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about industry news, which is the one thing we want to talk about. Is Anthem. Yeah. What's the deal? Anthem is this battle royale game made by battle royale. Is it? That's Apex Legends. Oh, Apex Legends. Anthem it? is the. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Anthem is. It's the easy MMO. to get it yeah. confused. These days. two. These two A uh, shooter games yeah. came out on the same day, basically. Mm-hmm. So Anthem is having all kinds of interesting problems, uh, which come down to this concept of scaling. Yes. All right. So just to just to get a quick high level overview. Yeah, we'll set the scene as far as what Anthem is. So it's what's referred to as a a loot and shoot. Sort of a game. So if you're familiar with a game like Borderlands or Destiny, it's something like that, where basically you shoot monsters to kill them, and then you get bigger guns. The monsters for some reason pack in heat. Tons of heat. Yeah. but not using it, and so you get that heat off of them. You know, you get it's kind of like when you kill a boar but, and you get a legendary axe. Exactly, you know, it's like, what was this boar doing with this axe? Was yeah, he, just eating it. Eat so or? it's sort of that model of the the RPG weapon drops strapped onto guns and stuff like that. Uh, in in, the, in a futuristic setting. Yeah. On and, that note, uh, just as a quick aside, I believe Borderlands Three has been it announced. It? Hinted at or announced? I'm not sure which mm-hmm. one of those. Two. Or maybe it's going to be Borderlands Two, Episode One. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. so the the special thing about Anthem um, is that it is both class based. So you, you pick like a certain type of, you know, in this case, you have these cool little mech suits called javelins and you fly around and shoot stuff. And each one has slightly different powers. And so it's actually supposed to be a team based activity where you have you got your buddy who can absorb a lot of bullets maybe you can i don't know shoot lightning or something i've really looked into it you can do good bullets to other things exactly you can probably pull out a lightsaber exactly it's like it's class-based so that means that there's different roles people play etc tank healer dps probably Mm -hmm. so uh, let's talk with the scale problem all right so scaling um is is an attempt to solve the problem that comes with with having a persistent game that has levels in it so as a player you start level as a level one sort of piece of crap noob. And you're like, yeah. all I can do is fight rats. You got like, yeah. I got a rusty handgun. That I can't a, even hit anything. Yeah. I got a rusty spoon. Mm-hmm. So that's your, that's how you start. And of course, by the time you hit maximum level, you're now hitting things for 39 billion damage. You, you look so cool. You're a being of mm-hmm. pure light. Trumpets play every time you enter the room. Right. And so then the question is, well, if there's kind of like this weird U shaped curve when it comes to the player population in levels, because a lot of people start playing the game and then they drop out or maybe they start playing really actively at the beginning and then they – their playtime kind of cuts down and so or a lot of people are low level. Yeah, Or they'll play a class and then they'll be like, I don't really like this class and they'll try another one, right? Yeah. And see yeah. a bunch of these sort of low level – I don't know – desertions going on yeah. as far as what they're So you've got on. a lot of people in the early levels and then as people like kind of grind through the middle levels, they just kind of pass through. Um, and, and then all, you, and they all get stuck at the top of then yeah, There's nowhere else to you go. get to the end and then it spikes back up again. And so you get this, weird. like, most of the players are either level one or maximum level. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, a lot of designers have tried to figure out how to solve this. Blizzard has been struggling with this it's, to solve what, like what's the actual problem. So, Which, so the, the idea, happens? yeah. So the problem that, that they believe exists, um, is that, is that as a player, if you can't find a lot of people to play with, then you're going to be more likely to quit. Mm-hmm. And so and, and also playing with your friends. So if if I know that my friend plays uh, World of Warcraft and is level fifty, but I'm level thirty, then we can't play together because my friend But is- also if you play the game a lot, because a lot of people a lot of our hope as as game developers is that people will sell our games for us, right? Because yeah. if they really love it, they'll have a buddy that'll be like, Oh, I want you to I want to share this experience with you. Right. Yeah. But with an MMO, you can't you play can't, You can't play together. If you if you convince your buddy to come join you, like you finally have- after years, you finally convince them to do it. And you're like, oh, but I'm level a jillion, and uh, you just have need to, start- to restart a character to right. play with yeah. you. You know, and yep. so this is this is a a long term sort of just feature of of uh, these persistent online games. Mm-hmm. So if you think about a, a game like Diablo three or you know in, any of these kinds of games where you level up and it's multiplayer, they all suffer from the same problem. So scaling is an attempt to fix this problem, and what scaling does is it basically says. Uh, you will level up, and you will still gain abilities, and you'll see bigger numbers. But what you see is actually not really what's happening. Because mm-hmm. uh, if if I'm now level fifty and my friend is level twenty, then my friend may be doing like fifty damage with a wand or something, and then Which I come in with my bazooka and I deal fifty thousand damage, and we could fight the same enemy, uh, and it would take us the same amount of time to kill it. Yeah. So that's what scaling is, this is sort of balancing the and sometimes some some external metric like time to kill or something like this. Yeah. With the player level, but showing you numbers that are associated with what your level well, is. Well, that's not what just scaling is. Scaling is just how do you move the numbers together. Right. Right. But, right. This, but this, this is whole, often like, one of the solutions. But this used. is this whole auto scaling mm-hmm. right. mechanism to try to make it yeah. yeah. Try to or I guess dynamic scaling as well. Yeah. And means. so what what you would see then, and this this has been implemented now in World of Warcraft and it's also implemented in Anthem. And players have found all kinds of problems with this. So, like the first, an obvious one is that you no longer feel stronger as you level up. Yeah, you see larger numbers, but things either stay the same or get harder. Right. So you you progress through these levels and you fight what appear to be larger and larger monsters and stuff. Um, or in some cases, you fight the same monsters and nothing really changes. Right. Mm-hmm. So that feeling of becoming more powerful as you progress kind of gets just nuked by this concept of automatic scaling. Yeah. You can't have um, the circumstance where you run into something that you like couldn't beat and then you scale up to it. Right. And then beat it and then even scale beyond it and come back and just like hit it once and it explodes. This right. so is the feeling in, like in Crashlands, you go through the early game, you go through mm-hmm. the Savannah and you fight these giant wampits and stuff and they're just one shotting you and it's terrifying. Then you get to the end of the bog, you know, the second act of the game and you come back to the Savannah and now all of a sudden you're just crushing these mm-hmm. things into dust and it, it feels awesome. It feels like you're much stronger, you know? So scaling just deletes that. And it only, this on, scaling only exists for multiplayer for this sort of like player, players playing together problem. Um, so the other problem that it seeks to solve is the one of cooperative play. So if, if I go into a dungeon and I'm a healer and I'm level 10 and my buddy is level 50 My heals should do nothing to this giant health pool, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Except with automatic scaling, with the magic of scaling, I can heal this person just as well as a level 50 healer does or a level 100 healer or whatever. Um, So this is the the concept. So in the game like Anthem, I think it was about a week, a week ago or a week and a half ago, uh, players first started realizing that this scaling is horribly broken Mm
1: -hmm. where –
0: they could. They may have put a couple hundred hours into getting one of the best guns that they could, and it's this beautiful, epic, crafted item and stuff, and it took them a long time to get, and it has all these modifiers, and they go fight an enemy, and it takes them like 10 seconds to, to defeat this enemy. Uh, and then at some point, some player who had one of these really badass weapons thought, what if I tried to fight this enemy with a level one gun like just just grab the worst gun i can find give it that rusty handgun back yeah from your level one days and then all of a sudden this person found out i can kill enemies three times faster with the worst gun in the game uh, than i could with the best gun and this is because the the idea was that to make things feel more difficult in a game that's auto scaling you have to actually make it so that the numbers are getting bigger right so like it looks like you're doing a lot more but it actually takes longer to Kill things because it should be that the enemies you're fighting are harder. It should feel like it's harder, right? right? So all the numbers are fake. So all the numbers are fake, and the, but now there's a discrepancy because they're not they're not increasing in size at the same rate, right? So yeah. so your your guns' capabilities are actually now decreasing relative to the amount of the sort of HP rel, of increased HP enemy. of the enemy. Yeah, and this this was a this was a big problem back when uh, the the current World of Warcraft expansion launched, <clears throat> which is. They don't just scale based on your level. They also scale based on your gear. Yep. So it's so basically how strong you are versus an enemy is a combination of your level and then the power level of the gear that you're wearing. And so they released a new expansion. They added 10 levels to the game. So players had to once again level up 10 more times. And what people discovered was because they were coming from the end of an expansion where they had all the really good gear, all the best gear in the game for their level, as they first started leveling up through this new set of content, all the monsters were super easy. They were just one-shotting everything and just mowing through these quests like nothing. And as they leveled up, their gear relative to their level started to even out. Right. So they started leveling up and every level they you would get, get weaker. weaker and weaker <laughs> in a really dramatic, noticeable way. Right. Yep. Up To the point where you know, you'd, you'd defeat an enemy in a half second or one second at level 110 and then at 120, it's taking you eight seconds to defeat an enemy. Right um and so huge uproar from players about like this just feels terrible like what why? why did I buy this expansion and level up to just be bad right. like to be worse at everything mm-hmm. you know um this is this is a hard problem it 's a really hard problem uh and because you basically get to choose between solving this synchronicity problem with your player base, like do they get to play with each other like do I as a level ten person get to go into a dungeon with the entire rest of the population or only people who are within like a Three level range yeah. of where I am, or do you at. just say I'm level ten, and that's just what I am? Yeah, you know. And personally, I I prefer the no scaling whatsoever, mm-hmm. uh, just because of the fact that that scaling turns everything into such an obvious game. Yeah, like to me, it breaks the immersion. Where if if I, I think back on times when I was playing games that did have these higher levels, like if you're playing, uh, you know, Guild Wars or something like that, and you go to these higher level zones. And you'd see just all of these like big red numbers next to the enemies mm-hmm. or in some cases just like a skull, meaning like this thing do is not- so high level. You shouldn't <laughs> even mess with it. Um, and it's this terrifying feeling of like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you leave and you level up. And then when you come back, you can actually start to like put a dent in these things. And it feels really cool. Right. And then, of course, much later, you come back in and and you just it's nothing. Well, right? But these, Yeah. These games don't auto scale you and things that are above your level, though, do they? They do now. Because Good Wars 2 does do. not. Good Wars 2 does. Yeah, Good Wars 2 scales you down but not yeah, – because uh, I actually like that aspect of Good Wars yeah, 2. Which is I think probably a decent way to do yeah. it. So that way that – way, and it, it allows you it, – it prevents you from ever getting to have that like one-shot thing, right? Where you just go and you just completely dominate an area because yeah. it scales you down. But it scales you to the high end because it's always in a range, right. you know? So you're still, you're still strong. You're still strong, but you don't you never get to go in and like see some enormous monster that it's, killed you ten times you just flick it. and just flick it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you, you miss it on that, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. So this this is yeah, if you make a game that's both about about being social, but also about constantly, yeah constantly becoming strong, uh you will never Well, you just have to choose. You gotta choose. It's yeah. choice. Um and so I think the interesting thing about it though is you see we're seeing even more of these. I think, Adam, you mentioned some other instance they had recently. Yeah, so the, so the two cases were the one where basically all of a sudden all the, the entire player base started looking for the worst weapons possible because yeah. it would them to kill things faster. Yeah. <laughs> so that happened a couple weeks ago. <laughs> the hunt for and the then, worst weapon. And yeah, and then this past week people realized that that some aspect of their level – I'm not sure the details of the actual game, but, but some aspect of their level was the average of all of their gear or all their weapons or something like that. But it was the average of all the equipped ones, right? Which means – Which means that the things that don't have anything in them aren't zeroes. They just mm-hmm. don't exist. So if you so if, if you, you now, get naked and put on a real good hat, yeah. If you just have one a, super good thing, now you're the hat man of death. Yeah. Then on average, <laughs> you have the highest possible right. values, right? Because normally you have more gear, and the, and the other gear pulls down the average, right. and that's you know where you end up with. And so so then that also sudden caused people to be like discarding stuff so that they could average out using only the top the topmost items. And of course, in that game, we're also the monetization. Like the whole thing is driven. By, by loot, by loot, mm-hmm. and so if you so in this case, I think Anthem is then particularly interesting as a problem because not only are they trying to have a an MMO where everybody can play together all the time, where you also level up, but they're also monetizing it, monetizing the loot system. Do they have what do they have for that? Is it like loot box thing? I'm not sure what they actually do, but it's yeah. I'm pretty sure it's monetized to some extent. Um, but now, but, yeah, also, but like let's say yeah. But now all of a sudden you you can't like none of it works right. Yeah. The mon- like because there's no incentive to get the best stuff. Because you actually want the worst stuff. You don't even want to buy the best stuff, even if it did exist for sale. Yeah, because it'll just make you worse. Yep. <laughs> it, yeah, so it, it ends up in this really interesting spot where, like, every aspect of the thing is actually fundamentally broken mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. of trying to solve these two problems Yeah, and, at once. and uh, modern, modern WoW is suffering from the same – or uh, an extension of the same problem, which is uh, they want to incentivize people to get stronger by gear. So they – they drip feed better gear just throughout every single, every single thing you do Mm. has a pretty good chance of giving you a gear upgrade. Um, and then they also add lots of randomness to it and stuff. So like maybe like through this very normal mundane activity, just by chance, you hit that one in a thousand chance that that gear just becomes the best possible version of that piece of gear. Um, but this creates this weird power creep problem where everybody just keeps getting perpetually, infinitely stronger all the time. And so now, every about four months, they do a reset where they introduce a new tier of content. That the worst gear in that in that tier is far better than the best stuff you could have gotten before. Mm-hmm. So then, what happens mm-hmm. is it creates this one month long race to get the best stuff possible, and then and then people just stop caring and stop playing for the next few months <laughs> because yeah. if because every day brings you closer to that point where none of your efforts matter oh, anymore, right. right? Interesting. Yeah. So like it's I think it's just it's interesting how how these kinds of games have been around forever mm-hmm. forever you know for like twenty years now um, MMOs have been in the mainstream in in some capacity and uh they were fine, and we're inventing all of these like these these companies that have all this data and they have they have had hundreds of millions of players pass mm-hmm. through their their ranks and stuff, and they're viewing things that used to be thought of as features. Of the game as as core problems that if they could just like solve that thing, then all of a sudden something something will happen. I don't know. I don't like to know quite what the target is. Well, I mean, the interesting thing about it is really because what it's what it's trying to do oftentimes is just change the audience somewhat or open up the audience. Is typically what this is for. And so the issue there is that you you can easily lose the actual mechanical heart of the game in the process or like the sort of in this case the scaling uh, heart of the game. And so. You can make a. You can end up making a game that, yes, is more accessible, but maybe doesn't actually deliver what the game is trying to deliver as well. Yeah, yeah. we kind of talk about this that's with exactly. with things like the Diablo um mobile announcement. Mm-hmm. I think there's an interesting problem where I think it's one thing to release a a separate game that's intended to hit a different audience. So if you think about like a Hearthstone or something like that, right. um, I think it's it's another thing entirely to take a game that is. Sort of like clearly angled toward a particular type of player, like a person who wants to invest a lot of hours and like shoot lots of monsters and become, you know, much stronger, stuff like that. And then try to take that core game concept, but then change it in a fundamental way to uh, – you you don't just like open it up to a new audience. You change the yeah, audience, yeah. right? Like I, I don't think there's a way to just like have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. With mobile, it would actually be fine because, frankly, Diablo is a mobile game because right. you just tap on the screen. Yeah, you heard it here, folks. Yeah. I mean, it, you, <laughs> you just, just like, click on yeah, stuff. This is, this is, and, it's, and you get a new piece of gear every eight no, seconds. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a mobile game. But it I mean, showers it's, you with flops. It's one of those things like, that <laughs> drove us crazy about some of the reviews we got for Crashlands mm-hmm. because people were giving it shit for being, the way the, for being mouse controlled. You use the mouse to control and you get loot all the time. We're like, so Diablo. Yeah. So it, it was just, <laughs> it was, yeah. So anyway, that's a. That's, an, that's, an that's a side issue. Well, the thing is about Diablo is it doesn't have cartoon mm-hmm. graphics. Yeah. So Although, therefore, it it's be, a, therefore it's not a mobile game. But the mobile version won't really either. It'll probably be, you know, a little lower poly so that they can yeah. get yeah. away with it. But They look pretty good. They yeah, I think, good. I think the real problem is going to be that they're going to – they have to monetize it as a free-to-play game. And so it's going to be a real shit piece you know, <laughs> once they get done. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So this – I mean this is all really interesting stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I want to keep an eye on it just because – it's great to learn from other people's design blunders. Well, I think if um, you, it's it's easy to just sort of sit back and be like, "Huh, why did they do that?" But if you look at this, like this is it's a really thorny design problem, and you just have to make a choice. That's actually how it comes down. Yeah, to it. Well, and they and they didn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. they, 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 tried they, they tried they tried to, to have, have all both. of it. Yeah. I would I would actually argue you that, can't take it back. Yeah. I would actually argue that by yeah, because you were talking about like you c- you can choose whether to like. Focus on community by doing this like everybody can play with everybody via scaling or focus on the game mechanics and like you are constantly getting stronger. And and if people can't play with each other because they're too weak, then that's fine, Mm -hmm. right? I'd actually argue that that by trying to make it so that everybody can play with everybody, you actually make it less social because Mm -hmm. uh, the community dies when the incentive to play the game goes away and part of the incentive is seeing things that other people can do that you, you can't, can't yet do right. right and so there's that un- there's that uncomfortable moment where you're like ah oh, crap i i still got to like level up 10 more times before mm-hmm. i can run this dungeon with my buddy um and as a designer you have to just be okay with somebody being Uncomfortable and having to put in a little bit mm-hmm. of work to achieve something in the game. Right. Um, but that is the thing that drives the community in those games. And also, it drives the particular gameplay experience that you want the player to have. Yeah. So, if, like, if you want to make a shooter where everybody plays everybody, then just do that. Well, that's like, what a Battle Royale is. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the thing. Like, you just – you literally drop in off of, like, a party bus. You're all the same. You're all the same. You just start shooting each other. And well, then, like, you're I mean, not you're all the same. Could. Some of you apparently have, like, a plastic T-Rex on a stick. Which is awesome. But – you just look – Talk different. about power creep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so. I mean, we had this discussion with uh, with respect to Levelhead mm-hmm. when asking about the – like whether, because there were some people in the alpha who like wish we didn't have a campaign because they just they yep. just wanted all this stuff. I want to have right? everything. Yeah. They said. And it's one of those things that's like that's not the gameplay experience we want to give to people because it's actually not a good experience. It's easy to think that it's going to be because – or rather, you want it, all the things? Like, well, yeah. It, it might be a good experience for a small subset of people, but yeah, it's yeah. not the thing that we're trying to do. No, it's essentially just, it's a just, it's it's equivalent to this thing with Anthem, where it's like, what what is the actual design intent, and then right. how do you? Well, get but, that, yeah, you but know? to me, the equivalent part would be if we just said, okay, well, you can just have everything, and you can also go through yeah. and like play the campaign and have have unlocks and whatever, and we'll just like add some extra stuff in there or whatever. Uh, but the outcome would be that it would just be a worse game, or rather, it would it would be a different game that is worse than very particular ways for right. most people, yeah. which I think would just call worse. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we also had that conversation about like, if people are coming into level head thinking I can build levels and then they have to beat some stuff in the campaign before they can do that or they, or mm. before they can build exactly the level that they want, they have to go unlock the, the items mm. to be able to use them. And there's that question of like, is this a problem or or what? Or is it just a feature of the game? Yeah. yeah. And so, so kind of the conversation we had there was, you know, if you think about a game where you, where you do actually have to earn stuff, um, like maybe, maybe you saw a a gameplay video of some MMO where you see like this high level character throwing some kind of mega fireball or something and somebody buys the game and of course they're level one with their rusty spoon and they cannot summon fireballs and Mm -hmm. and that's not, that's not like a, a bait and switch. That's that's a you have to earn that you, you earn. Know, that's rival, part of yeah. the game. That's what the game is. Right. Um, it's the satisfaction of achieving things and stuff. So yeah, campaign is staying. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tweaked and modified, yeah. but it's staying. So I uh, was on to some questions. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. If you'd like to get your question answered on a future episode, go over there and ask it. Mm-hmm. First question comes from Vic is thick. <laughs> Do you have something against floating heads? Yeah. Well, the ones that are jerks. Yeah. 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 The rest are fine. Yeah. If it's in that Venn diagram, then you got a problem. Yep. Floating head, jerk. I think we more, yeah, we just have a problem with jerks. Yeah. Uh, If you happen to be a floating head, that's a side issue. Yeah. I think you're just more likely to be a jerk if you're a floating head. Yeah. We've all seen The Wizard of Oz. Yep. You know. Yep. Actually,
1: actually, is there there any floating
0: head that isn't a jerk? Zordon. Zordon. That's true. <laughs> Power Rangers. What about – I just watched Power Rangers last weekend. Oh, nice. What about in Rick Rick and Morty, the, the show me what you got heads? They're jerks probably too. I would say they are more of like a chaotic neutral. That's possible. In the sense that like – they, they were going to destroy the planet if they weren't sufficiently entertained. But they weren't going to maliciously destroy the planet. Eh. They just have a different moral <laughs> system, eh. which is we which want is, to be if, entertained and we'll destroy planets I, don't know. If I think we not I jerks have a different moral system. So yeah, it's so I'm thing. not sure that's a fair you know what I mean? argument. I think they're just jerks. I don't know, man. I'm just going to stand by this one for, <laughs> okay. for no apparent reason. Right. Fair. All right. yeah. So I guess if you're if you are a jerk, just say, no, I just have a different moral system. Now you're not a jerk anymore. Exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. This would be a That's how you get out of it. (laughs) Uh, Next question comes from My Secret Weapon. Hey, Super Butterscotch Bros. What's a real world location you've always wanted to visit but haven't been able to? As a bonus, what's your favorite genre of food? Well, Japan. That's where I want to go. Actually, yeah. I've heard, I've had some friends who've managed to go there and everyone's just like, it's a place. I now only really want to go places to eat like really good food, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think it's one of those like, Japan, South Korea yep. uh, are like the two places that I know would have food that I would just fucking love so much. That's just hard. to There's just not a lot of of it, you know, mm-hmm. around otherwise. Um, so I'd say like those two places would be. What you said, I would, would say good. fucking Jupiter. All right. Go a little more. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you get crushed to death on the surface. Well, here's thing. the thing. I mean – Seth just really wants to get crushed to death. It, it says <laughs> – it sounds cozy, you know, to mm-hmm. be crushed under the atmospheric pressure of Jupiter. Presumably, you know, I haven't been able to go there because the technology, you know, isn't mm-hmm. there yet. So if I could go there, then I guess it would be because I, it's fine to go there now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's only like three G's of Earth G's. Now is it only three G's on yeah. Jupiter? Isn't that yeah. when people it's like black tw- out? It's like pulls- 27 uh, meters or 24 meters per second squared. Because gravity, I think three G's so. don't black out. is black out. Three is where everything hurts a lot. Okay, three is yeah. where if you weigh 150 pounds, you now weigh 450 pounds. Ugh. So, yeah. So, the thing about so that's not great. The thing about <laughs> <laughs> Jupiter is it has these blue uh, auroras that are larger than planet Earth. Okay. That's mm-hmm. fucking cool. <laughs> but in order to see them, you have to die. Well, no, the technology okay. is fine for <laughs> sure. <now>. Uh, it <laughs> In rains, this so the pressures are so high that if you go down into the into the atmosphere, it fucking rains diamonds. Okay, mm-hmm. you get your diamonds. That's that already pays for the cost of the trip. But, but then they're not worth anything because now they're just raining from yeah, the sky. of them. I mean, do you value the rain? Well, no, but I mean, you can use them for other things. You know, (laughs) uh, making sandpaper and stuff Uh, like that. (laughs) (laughs) Real good diamond. Excited about going to Jupiter, start a sandpaper operation. Uh, uh, Uh But also, I want to go. I want to go to Europa because I bet there's aliens in there. Probably. Europa is one of the moons of Jupiter. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's made of water ice that's probably two kilometers thick, and then underneath, uh, it's hot. Because it's you know compressed, there's a lot of pressure down there. So you've got this like hot liquid water, which is of course going to create some kind of weird aliens mm-hmm. down there. And on top of that, you get to see when you're on the surface, you get to see Jupiter in your uh, skyline. Which is, can you see anything cool. but Jupiter in your skyline? No. At that point? <laughs> <laughs> no. All you see is Jupiter.
1: All which the is Pretty time. dope.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then there's these geysers that blast out like miles into the. Or hundreds oh, yeah. and thousands of miles into this, into space, which you don't want to be over them, <laughs> probably not. But mm-hmm. if you think, but, oh, if, but if you want to, if you want to put something on it though to launch that into space, like that's it's a pretty cool. cheap way to turn things into orbit, mm-hmm. perfect instant thrust. Yep. yeah. I don't know. I feel like I don't want to travel to another planet unless that pla- unless that's like honestly. I feel like. Airplanes are so painful and uncomfortable. I feel like it's just as hard to go to Japan as it would be to go to, <laughs> to go to Jupiter. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Actually, if you think about if you think about the airplane seats in like in coach class, yeah, they're roughly the size of a chair that an astronaut has to pack <laughs> into to go to the fucking moon. <laughs> Although, if you've seen those dragon capsules from SpaceX, those chairs look real nice. Yeah, so hmm. probably. Space going, to is the, be better than, going to the probably going to the moon is going to be more comfortable pretty soon coach. than <laughs> flying just about any airline. Yeah. Well, the thing is too, I think if you're because so you're going to be days though, but, well, but you're also going to be weightless for that trip. You know, that's true. So, so you that, won't have like the the neck pain. Yeah, you'll just down. like all of your joints will be kind of like all loose and you know it'll well, be, until you arrive on Jupiter and then you get. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah, if you go to Jupiter, then you're fucked. Yeah. If you go to the moon though, then now you get there. and Now you're all you just stay all stretched out. You know. Well, but importantly, you know, there's going to be all that gravity on Jupiter. But you're not gonna be crushed under it because you're not standing on anything. You're just gonna fall through gas and then eventually you're gonna land in some liquid in some uh, in some liquid like compressed gas, well, basically. So like the gases reach a point where they're so compressed they just become liquid, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna kinda land in some like liquid hydrogen. But it's also real hot. Yeah, so it's a very complicated situation. <laughs> but point being you're not standing on anything, so yeah, you're fine. So it's fine. You're gonna be floating. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be very buoyant. Mm-hmm. Uh, your arms will feel very heavy and stuff. Yeah, is there actually know, is there a but... point where you will hit neutral buoyancy on Jupiter, where you just like you just fall and you just get slow in, the and in the gas? In the gas? Yeah, I would assume so. Because if the pressure is really high anyway, it doesn't that I mean there should be a layer of diamonds, a floating yeah, layer somewhere of in there? Rain diamonds? We're mm-hmm, so just gonna get those diamonds. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you'd kind of like splash into an ocean of diamond. Because mm-hmm. if they're always <laughs> the same buoyancy, then how be fast you're gonna of... hit those diamonds? Because if you're still going real fast when you hit those things, you got yeah, a parachute. I mean. it's fine. Get Jupiter shoot. There's a lot of air in there. We can see all of it. Yeah. So your parachute should work. Yeah. That's fair. This is probably a bad idea, <laughs> but that's a real world location. And if if I want to go there. It's on a real world, I guess. It's not on the world, but it is a, a real world. Yeah. It's a world. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Zivix. If you were releasing Crashlands with the knowledge you have today, would you still have launched on mobile and desktop at the same time? If not, what would your approach be, and how much time would you leave in between the releases? Uh, honestly, probably. Yeah, I, I think that was less of the problem than the than the language and marketing and framing we used leading up to the launch. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we, we probably actually just would have leaned harder into certain aspects of the game just throughout the whole process. Actually, yeah, the game would have been a little bit different to meet the market a little bit differently. I think. Yeah, this is an interesting question because if we were releasing the game now. Meaning, we just had exactly the game yeah. as, as it was when you'd launched yeah, it. Yeah, I think I would do the same thing. But if we could do it all over again, I'd build the game a little bit differently, probably. Yeah. So Specifically, Carve a Niche in there. HD yeah. would be one mm-hmm. of the first things because yep. it's in 540p. Mm-hmm. So, which was fine in 2013 when we started making the game. By the time we released it, it was already kind of questionable. Yeah. And then you put it on desktop and now all of a sudden you're your your, car- boots your main like, character is yeah. like thirty pixels tall. So that's a bit of a bummer. But yeah, I think that's its main problem. Yeah, I think the the difference we have now is that the design approach of the game up front is different. So it's it's designed to try to actually meet the market a little bit better versus <laughs> Crashlands was just sort of made. You know, it wasn't like Crashlands was started as a mobile game. Yeah, I mean we've we've kind of waffled about that, but like it's true. We mm. didn't have any plans of making PC games. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until Crashlands reached a certain scope where we were like, oh shit. Like this could actually be marketable on mm-hmm. desktop. Um so yeah, I mean a lot of our interfaces that we developed and and the you know things like the controls. Like we did not have WASD controls when we launched it to move around and or stuff like that. Controller controls. Yeah, we didn't have control. Like it was literally just click to move. Um and like Adam was saying just like Diablo. Yeah what well, Adam was saying <laughs> there are an infinite number of PC games that are well-received and are fantastic games that use the exact control scheme. The problem ours is just, not the control scheme. Yeah. It's the framing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also none of those yeah. games are in 540p. Yeah. yeah ours looked like a movie. Well, actually our, games, ours know. was a higher resolution than a Diablo two, but that's, <laughs> that's, that, <laughs> was <from 1990 laughs> that was from years ago, 2000 right? or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so for us, it's, and this is, this is something that we're actually really trying to escape with level head because mm-hmm. it's already the case that our games are colorful. Which immediately people go like must be some kind of piece of shit casual mobile garbage. And if they've never played a Nintendo game before, right? Uh, I think it's, it's largely because the the cart, everything's cartoony, right? Yeah, that's actually what it is. I mean. If you look at uh, like Super Giants, one of the studios whose art is just phenomenal, and mm-hmm. its colors are off the charts. Right. They don't put, put, they don't put black but, outlines on things, so now all of a sudden, it's, well, actually, their newest game Hades has uses uses some black outlines on right. stuff, and okay. so it's one of those things though where it's like there, but the, again, the quality bar is just in a different spot. We're like just the level of fidelity in their Artwork is, is on a different level. It's not it's not meant to be cartoonish so much. Um it's sort of straddling that line between like near realism illustration and really fantastical stuff. Yeah. And so ours tends to be much more on the meeting car on the cartoonish side, which naturally people are just like, you know, fuck this mobile. <laughs> Fuck, mm-hmm. this mobile game yeah so that's and that's actually something that we're worried about with level head mm-hmm. in the sense that people will see it see that it's colorful and bright and stuff and it's like oh you're building levels and they're not going to realize that it's hard yeah like it's a hard game it's not a casual game so people are going to come into it expecting yeah we've been changing some of the language around it too and I think that probably the, the trailer that we make for the early access launch will show a lot of deaths I think just to kind of yeah. at least for a little bit just to drive that home that like this is not this is not easy this is not easy at all it's bright and colorful actually in some ways because it's so hard because i think if if it were just like dark and grim the whole time and you didn't see this robot who's just like having a great time (laughs) living his life out there um then i I think it'd be kind of weird yeah and i think yeah our our typical player over even just over the alpha weekend died like nearly a thousand times oh yeah in the game uh so you know it's that that's always the challenge is getting away from the mobile thing and also framing it such that the audience actually comes into it understanding the know, right expectations. what it is um, and it's something we've talked about in the past is like the balance of your game is a meeting between what the game is and the person who's playing it so there's no such thing as a perfectly balanced game right. because if you hand you know Dark Souls to somebody who's never played a video game before period then it's a horrible experience and it's crazy imbalanced. it's way too hard right mm-hmm. if you hand it to somebody who loves games and they know what they're getting into, then it's exactly the thing they want. And it, the balance is exact. It's perfect. Right. right. So there's no such thing as a well-balanced game and marketing is weirdly a big part of balance. It know? is. Cause yeah, yeah. So it's about, it's about shaping the perception of the game before someone gets it right. To make sure that those things are in lockstep really effectively. And yeah. the, the places where you see this go wrong is if, if the game's not able to communicate uh, either what the value of it is to that person or, communicate what that level of challenge is relative to what they think it's going to be right? yeah so that is what that's probably the only thing as far as the marketing side that I'm concerned about but it's also just a factor of like this is this I think is the internal struggle with us like we make we make whatever games we want and those was are designed to meet the market Um, but we're like I've personally never been super interested in making like a grim art style yeah. and I also don't think it's super fun to even play games in that style per se because they tend to be just monochrome Um, so it's one of those like there's some push and pull there. I think that's where some somebody uh, somebody convinced me to try playing uh, Elder Scrolls online, hmm. and they're like, "Oh yeah, graphics are beautiful and all this stuff." And I go in there, and it's like everything is some shade of brown or gray or brownish yeah. gray, they have a very muted color. Yeah, brown. and I was just like, yeah. like the Fallout series. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I, I opened up the game, and I was just like, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can't because an M- MMO is something that you're gonna spend a lot of time looking at, looking at, yeah. and like. Being in that grim of a of an atmosphere for many and many hours uh, a week is just like you can't mm-hmm. can't do it. You know, <clears throat> no. well, even games like Hollow Knight, which is beautiful to look at, it's yeah, like, it, it's gorgeous. It it pulls off like this feeling that it's trying to convey very very well. But that feeling is just just kind of like slightly depressed, dark, it's a moodyness, yeah. A, and so. I, as, as you like the more it's like the more i play that and even though i'm really enjoying the game i'm just like i'm kind of down the whole time yeah because <laughs> yeah. that's what the vibe is right mm-hmm. yeah uh which is which is not really what we yeah wanna, it's not really what i need in my life i don't think yeah, yeah. and we don't necessarily want to put that on other people either you know yeah but again so, like it's one of those things where if you you marry that thing with whatever the both the narrative and the gameplay is and you can yeah, get yeah. a really powerful yeah i mean it, it works right? really really yeah. well but, yeah. but it is one of those things too it's like i i i just don't necessarily want to do that for an extended period of time, even though it is a good experience and it's and it's serving it's serving a particular experience that the dev, devs wanted us to have and doing a great job of it and I and I really enjoyed it. Um, but I think all those things are kind of time limited, mm-hmm. you know, because at some point I'm just like, this is just too depressing, too hard. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next question comes from peebnuts One, two, three. Can you please call this episode generic top-down shooter so that I might get an easier category in the next Shenanah Jam? <laughs> Speaking of Shenanah Jam, when's it happening? June. Yeah, we have a date. I can't remember what it is <laughs> off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. It is happening in June. We have um, a website, right? Shenanajam.com. Yep, maybe. Yeah, I think so. We, look, no, it we're lost here. We that, don't, just goes no. to, that just goes to our itch page, yeah. so Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Go so to shenanajam.com, and uh, it's a game jam that we host once a year. We participate in it, so you can make games alongside us. Mm-hmm. And the themes come from podcast titles. Now the question is, can, can we throw call from this- a bone? No, I think. All right, we got a couple options here. Mm-hmm. We got a couple options here. Bottom up shooter. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, I like uh huh. You're not looking down. You don't know what you're looking at. All you see is it's like. You're the, going. You're up. seeing a butt, basically. <laughs> Bottom-up shooter. Yep. It's on July 12th. The camera's on the ground. Mm, July 12. Okay. July 12. Not even June. We were off. Not even June. June, July. It's a uh, one of those J months, sort of in the middle there. I'm uh-huh. um, glad it's in July because that'll give us more time to recover. from What, it what were your other there. options? Bottom-up right, shooter. Bottom-up shooter. shooter. Good. Second-person shooter. That's where you or are not playing. getting shot. You're being shot. <laughs> so you're. Maybe you're a henchman and you just stand around and you go on patrols. <laughs> or you just and you then at some the, point, the protagonist shoots you and then mm. continues on with their life. Mm-hmm. And that's and then you go to maybe the hospital and it's kind of like a walking simulator, right? Like, mm-hmm. And then it's sort of the story of one of the victims of the protagonist in a first-person shooter. Oh, yep. Interesting, yeah. Uh, you could also do like a, a fourth-person shooter mm-hmm. where you don't control the person being shot or the person doing the shooting – And you're not seeing anything from their perspective. You're just another person who's completely disassociated from the action. Uh, and you're kind of on the periphery of what's Mm -hmm. happening and maybe you can intervene and like do stuff in the environment to sort of, but you're not actually shooting anything. You're not it's shooting like, anything. You're not. You're not involved in the two no. sides of the conflict. So it kind of seems like a the third person shooter, though. Well, no, that because the third person shooter is you are viewing the shooter from the third person and you're controlling them. Yeah, still. but it's weird because like because now we're like we're changing up what the what the numbers sure. mean. Like sometimes they mean the number of people involved, and other times they mean the, the third view person, you have looking at. Yeah, it, yeah a third know? person shooter should actually be that you're, you're the just, third person. You're just in the background. And that's the person who's not doing shit. Yeah, you know that's true. And a be, fourth person shooter is now when you break the fourth wall, right? Mm-hmm. And now you're you're aware that you're in, in a game. A game. And you're not are you playing it still? Like are you still controlling know. the shooter yeah, or are you, you now like the environment? Maybe you're a crate or something. Yeah, you might be, yeah, but yeah, you the might shooter be is taking cover behind. Yeah. So those those are some options. But Bottom up, second person shooter, fourth person shooter, mm-hmm. fifth person shooter, I guess would be like you just read about the incident in the newspaper. Um, That's that'd be secondhand shooter. Second-hand shooter. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard about uh, this uh-huh. big battle that mm-hmm. went down. Yeah. Um, you just so you just actually, kind of so you actually try to reenact the f- what happened in the first person shooter. I think. Oh yeah. yeah, it's like a detective. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. So it would be a. a so wait, are it's, all, kind of like a, it's kind of are like it's kind of a all, civil war reenactment. You'd be a yeah. shooter reenactment game. Yeah. Well, you would this mean that all detective games are actually just secondhand, second-hand shooters? Secondhand they are, yeah. shooters. There you go. Yeah. Being a, yeah. yeah. I think you have to also <laughs> shoot somebody though for it to be a secondhand shooter. Because it's not just about figuring it out. It's about you're, you're recreating the, the – Maybe you could mind. also do like a word of mouth shooter where uh you just kind of like hear through a series of other people what is supposed to be happening, right? And then mm-hmm. if you want to do – if you want something to happen, then you got to send it back down the it's chain. like playing telephone. Yeah. yeah. Telephone shooter. That's the one where you just shoot telephones though, because they're they're out of they're obsolete. This is basically yeah. Twitch plays Pokemon, I feel like. It's like you get <laughs> a bunch much. of incoherent commands coming in and trying to direct the mm-hmm. action. That reminds me of that really wild, very short movie, I guess is the word that was on Netflix. Um that was like that it was like this eighties. 80s- themed thing where oh. it was like this guy fighting Hitler and riding a Velociraptor. Yes. It was very weird. Kung, but Kung, 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 Fury, Fury. Kung Fury. But there's that moment where he shoots through the phone and then the bullets appear on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that movie is hysterical. It is so over the top. Although, yeah. admittedly, when I was a youth, I totally would have believed that that kind of thing would have happened. Because, like, oh, how, yeah. is, how is the voice coming through there? And why can't other things yeah. go yeah, through, yeah, through there? Yeah. I used to think like, You know, if you got on the phone with somebody who was sick and you would hear them coughing, then you would like, you'd want to make sure you Uh, cover the the phone, cover the phone, you know, hold it That's also how computers get viruses, you know? Yeah. Because somebody Mm -hmm. coughed through a phone on them. Yeah. Yeah. We've all, we've all seen it. All been there. Uh, All right. One (laughs) last question is from Zulio. Do you all have any tips on keeping up with taxes with a business, especially if you have your game on multiple platforms and stores? Have an accountant. Yeah. We've had an accountant forever. Get an accountant. They're not expensive. Yeah. Especially for how much time they take for you to like not have to deal. You with save that. a lot of time <laughs> and importantly, you, they will know about things that you don't and you will end up spending a lot less money even though you spent money on the accountant. Yes. That's the whole, that's the whole point of that thing. Um, but also I think it's, it's easy for somebody to get kind of overwhelmed with the fact that they're selling their game internationally or whatever. Mm-hmm. And each platform kind of handles things differently. Um, but the long and the short of it is is the store is selling the game on your behalf and it's not even on your behalf, they're just selling they're the selling game. it and they're paying you essentially royalties and depending on the country, there's gonna be different tax laws. But, but the store mostly the, the store handles it. There's a few exceptions. I think in I think if you're selling in Japan, once you surpass like I think it's like $80,000 of revenue. Then you have to start like uniquely reporting those taxes to the mm. Japanese government or something. Interesting. So there's a few scenarios where you have to worry about it on a country by country basis. But largely, um, the platforms just take care. Yeah, this of This is this is actually one of the primary distribution values that the platform is giving you. Yeah. When people it's are part like 30 percent. Yeah. When people are like uh, complaining about the 30 percent, I'm like, you know what? If I don't have to do taxes in 80 <laughs> countries, I'm cool. I'm cool <laughs> yeah. with it. Uh, I'd rather make games than just sit around filling out tax forms all day. So, Uh, All right. Well, I think that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, So we'll be back onto our normal recording schedule post-GDC where we'll have all kinds of news about what happened. Uh, So we'd like to thank our producer, Fat Bard, for making us sound good. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. You can also get more involved in the the, uh, Butterscotch community by going to podcast.bscotch.net. And we have a uh, merch on clearance at shop.bsketch.net. Go so, buy it. So go clear that out for us. Mm-hmm. So We really appreciate it. Um, and otherwise, all the other links uh, for the community stuff can be found at podcast.bscotch.net. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.